This is the Apex United Methodist Church podcast. Uh, so this morning, uh, we are continuing a sermon series uh, called Family Tree. And our hope with this series is several fold. Uh, but one of the primary goals for us over these next several weeks uh, is to share the story of our church, uh, to share uh, what it means to be part of this church family and how the values and the DNA that make us who we are uh, empower us to go and be that church uh, for this world. And we're choosing this image of a family tree for many reasons. Uh, One, uh, it is often in our children or in our siblings uh, that we see a reflection uh, of who we are. Uh, Simon, do you have a picture of, of, from third grade Bob's? I, I can't, okay, sorry. There it is, yeah. Uh, so this is, if you've not met my family yet, this is my beautiful wife and our daughter Campbell. Uh, this is the morning that we uh, gave third grade Bibles here uh, at the church. And I was at home the other day and Pastor Jose Luis, uh, who's the pastor of our Fiesta Christiana community, uh, was there and he, and he saw Campbell walk out the door and he said, your daughter is looking more and more like your wife every day. And we both just sort of sighed and said, thank you, Jesus. You know, cause... <laughs> and, but, but, but we saw in that, you know, this, this you know, young woman who's growing up, uh, she's eight now, uh, to look more and more like her dad, or mom, not her dad. Thank you. Again, thank you, Jesus. Uh, and she, she reflects uh, in who she is a reflection of who we are. Uh, we see DNA that's passed down from generation to generation. The other thing I love about this picture is she's holding her third grade Bible, uh, which this church uh, gave to her. Uh, My wife and I are actually holding our third grade Bibles. Uh, Those are Bibles that we received from our Methodist church uh, in a little town called Warrenton, Virginia, uh, when we were both in third grade. Uh, We were actually in the same church at that time. We have a picture of us when we were uh, seven-year-olds in acolyte uh, robes uh, that we, you know, we've known each other for that long. But our daughter is reflecting in that image both that uh, DNA that's passed down from generation as well as the, the DNA of the church, the, the spiritual heritage that she's able to embrace because this church chooses to continue investing in our kids this value of scripture. And so we're very grateful for that, grateful that, that she is reflecting uh, part of what we value. Uh, as we think about who we are as a church, uh, we also see this across our entire church family. Uh, whether it's the Apex Campus, uh, which we celebrated uh, last week and shared the story and the history of this place, Uh, this place that's 147 years old, uh, that has experienced 100 years right here uh, on this corner. Uh, This sanctuary is 100 years old. Uh, Clearly the screens weren't here 100 years ago, (laughs) Uh, but so much more of what it means to be a ministry from this corner uh, we celebrated last Sunday. In fact, we gathered with almost 400 people last Sunday evening and heard uh, bells play and, and heard our choirs sing. We had a, an old-fashioned hymn sing right here in this space. And, and a dozen pastors actually gathered. I think Simon, we have that picture as well. A dozen, dozen of our pastors uh, came and we remembered uh, those of the last 20-plus years who have made possible uh, this ministry which we share that have come alongside our lay leadership and come alongside this church and, and serve for a season to help us become uh, who we are. And so we share those stories, and we're reminded of this risk-taking ministry that this church has been a part of for generations, how discipleship has happened across generations, and how our children have been raised up uh, to follow Christ uh, because of the faithfulness of the pastors God has placed here, as well as, and more importantly, 
because of the people who have chosen to invest here uh, in our young people. And we're seeing that fruit uh, play out. Uh, This morning, uh, we're going to shift our story a little, and we're going to tell the story of Fiesta Cristiana. Uh, Fiesta Cristiana is one of our faith communities. Uh, It started in 2008 uh, as an outreach ministry to our Hispanic Latino neighbors uh, right here in southwest Wake County. Uh, We had ESL classes, we had uh, music classes and tutoring programs, and it grew over that year and a half uh, to become a worshiping community uh, as part of this church family. So by 2010, uh, Fiesta began worshiping. Uh, they now worship in DC 400 right here on this campus at 11 o'clock. They're one of three worship services that happens during the 11 o'clock hour uh, on the Apex campus. And they have embodied for us something that I think is true uh, for many of us. And they embody it through their purpose statement. It is beautiful both in Spanish and in English. So I'm going to try it in Spanish first. <laughs> Forgive me. It is más que una iglesia, una familia, which means more than a church, a family. Más que una iglesia, una familia. More than a church, a family. And Fiesta's mission has been to be a place where people might experience more than simply gathering in a church building, but a family that allows them to experience fully God's dreams uh, for, uh, for their lives. This morning, our scripture actually comes from Mark chapter 10. And it's a scripture uh, that uh, our pastors at Fiesta said really begins to speak uh, and embody uh, what it means to be the church. So I'm going to read for us from Mark chapter 10, beginning with verse uh, 29. And this is what it says. Jesus said, Truly I tell you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields uh, for my sake and for the sake of the good news who will not receive a hundredfold now in this age, houses, brothers and sisters, mothers and children and fields with persecutions and in the, in, in the age to come eternal life. But many who are first will be last. And the last will be first. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. When we asked uh, Pastors Jose Luis and Brittany to share uh, why this scripture embodied for them the ethic of fiesta, uh, this is what they said. I want to read it for you uh, this morning. They said this. They said, 2,000 years ago, uh, Jesus started a new family. Uh, This new family was not associated by kinship, but by their commitment to follow Jesus in transforming the world. This new family, Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races, so that all who are incorporated worship, grow, and serve as una familia de fe, a family of faith. And we are a church that more than is, more than a church, we are called to be family. And as a result, our love and commitment for one another, we are blessed with a life together in Christ's holy church. One thing that you may or may not know about our Fiesta community is it's actually the most diverse worshiping community of any of our four uh, faith communities. Uh, We can trace uh, many of uh, the ancestry of our folks in Fiesta more closely. Many of them are first and second generation immigrants. Um, Many of them are citizens of this country, but very have family, immediate family and extended family uh, who are uh, still in uh, the countries where they came from. And where my family traces our origins, uh, our immigration story back 500 years, uh, many of our Fiesta family uh, only traces it back uh, a few decades. Uh, 
And they had this diversity. I want to show a map. Somebody have the map? And the map shows the over 15 countries that uh, many of our folks in our Fiesta community can trace their uh, families to, perhaps even now, uh, recently. And those 15 countries are what makes up this church family. And what we have found uh, in our Fiesta community, and I think something that we value ourselves across our church family, is that as people from around, particularly uh, Central America and South America, have gathered together in a new community, a place that they don't have family necessarily, they are finding in Fiesta this family that allows them to go through life and go through faith uh, together. And they experience the ups and downs of that journey as more than simply a church, more than simply a place they gather on Sundays, but as an actual family that journeys through this life together. When Paul describes the ethic of what it means to be church, he describes it often with an imagery of the body of Christ, what it means to be uniquely made and joined together uh, in one unit, one family, one body. And this is what Paul says about what it means to be that family. He says, when you are one body, when people rejoice, we rejoice together. And when people suffer, we suffer together. When one rejoices, all rejoice. When one suffers, all suffer. And one thing I think our Fiesta community continues to teach us is what it means to be that kind of church. That when one of us rejoices, we celebrate together. You know, last week, we celebrated 100 years of doing ministry right here from this corner. Next weekend, we'll celebrate our 519 community celebrating its fifth birthday. Uh, five years. Now, that's a great expanse. 147 years, 100 years in one location, to five years. And just grateful to no longer be in an elementary school. <laughs> but we celebrate what God is doing in these places. The last two weeks, we've also suffered together. We've prayed together. Last week, our Peak Campus uh, hosted for us uh, a prayer vigil. And as we watched the suffering that happened in Las Vegas and the fear and the pain that came out of that experience, we stopped and we gathered in front of Town Hall here in Apex and we prayed together. And we talked about how we, through prayer, and we, through being good neighbors in our community, might actually affect change where we pay attention to our neighbors, where we watch those who might be experiencing pain or loneliness or depression and we come alongside and we come alongside those who are suffering and we care for them. And we prayed for all of those who experienced pain and loss and that awful tragedy. A week before that, our Fiesta community actually hosted another prayer vigil. Uh, many of them, if not them directly, but many of their family and friends and coworkers are affected by uh, the potential changes in policy, the DACA changes. And so, again, we may disagree on the best way by which we do immigration in this country, but one thing we don't disagree on is that uh, while citizenship might be drawn by borders, membership in the family of God is not. And we recognize that many are suffering or are anticipating pain because of potential changes uh, to DACA. And so again, we prayed and we stopped and we listened to each other's stories and we journeyed with each other, recognizing that in suffering and pain, we all are part of that family. We rejoice together. We suffer together. We pray together. We serve together. When the hurricane hit Puerto Rico, we quickly mobilized and 
gathered over 600 pounds of food to send on an American Airlines flight to Puerto Rico because that part of our country, that territory that's part of our country, was suffering and couldn't get food quick enough because they were isolated through water. Again, we paid attention to our family, not just in this community but around the world, and found ways to do that, to be God's people together. That's what it means to be more than a church, a family. Uh, I want to read one more passage this morning. This is from Ephesians chapter 3. And it's verses 14 and 17. Uh, and this is what it says. It says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth and on earth takes its name. And I pray that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant that you may be strengthened in your inner being with power through his spirit, and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith as you are being rooted and grounded in love. Two things that I think we learn about ourselves through the scripture. One is from verse 15, that we bow before God the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. When we are becoming the church God's calling us to be, all of us reflect the DNA that God the Father passes down to each of us. We are one family. And no matter where we come from, no matter where our families come from, no matter how recently our families immigrated to this country or whether we've been here for all of history, we all claim God as Father. We all become claimed as part of God's family. In a moment, we'll get a chance to, to baptize one of our youngest ones. And when we baptize, one of the claims that we make is that he is part of this greater family. He is marked as a child of God. It's a beautiful promise and one we all can claim. The second is that the purpose of being family is that Christ would dwell in us. This is from verse 17. That Christ might dwell in our hearts through faith so that we might be rooted and grounded in love. When Christ dwells in us, our very root system, our very, uh, everything that makes up who we are, and the fruit of that is an abundant love, a generous love. And so we pour out as loving neighbors, as loving one another, as loving those in our community, across our state, across our country, and around the world. That is the character of God's people. So that's who we get to become. Uh, this morning, we're going to get a chance to hear a story. And I love this story. It's from one of our Fiesta Church members, a, a woman by the name of Laura Cassiano. I've had the privilege to know Laura for over 10 years. Uh, she has a beautiful family. And Laura tells the story, and, and she doesn't tell this piece of it, but I want to share a part of it. Uh, Laura's been a member of our church family uh, for more than a decade. And part of why her family chose to raise their children here is that uh, they saw in this church a place that took seriously what it meant to care for their neighbor. Uh, Laura's family actually lost most of their house to a house fire. And it was this church that came around her and helped her rebuild her home and rebuild their family in a time of need. And for that, she has now chosen to raise her family here and has been a cornerstone of our Fiesta community. So I want us to watch her story. Uh, my name is Laura Cassiano, and I attend Fiesta Cristiana. How long have you and your family been members of Fiesta Cristiana? We have been members of Fiesta Cristiana since Fiesta started. We actually attended Apex United Methodist Church before Fiesta was Fiesta. What aspects of family ministry are most important to you and why? The aspects of family ministry that are the most important to me would be youth group and children's ministry because both my daughters have attended children's ministry and youth group. How has family ministries 
at Fiesta impacted your family? Family ministries at Fiesta have impacted my family um, because both my daughters have grown um, to become Christians and learning about, about Christ through children's ministry and youth group. For example, my daughter Karen, uh, who is 15 now, started children's ministry since she was four, and now she is volunteering uh, and being part of the leaders that help with children's ministry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you could thank Fiesta and Apex UMC as a whole for creating spaces like family ministries, what would you say? Wow, uh, I'm very, very grateful for um, the family ministries that we have because they not only taught my daughters to uh, grow up as Christians, but it also helps them in, the, in their everyday life. Laura's story is a lot like many of our stories. Uh, I have the privilege not only to be a pastor here, but be a father here in this church. And I too thank you. I uh, thank you for the ways that you make possible uh, the teaching of our children, uh, the words of faith, the stories and the love of Christ, and help them raise up as disciples in this church. Uh, my, my wife and I chose uh, to raise our children here uh, in this church long before I became a pastor. And as a United Methodist, I'm thankful that our bishop has kept me here long enough to see that happen and happening. Uh, but we are watching a church who takes seriously what it means to raise up our children, all of our children, my children, Pastor Angela's children, Todd's children, all of our children uh, grow in this faith as we disciple our kids and we pass on this faith from generation to generation. Uh, one, another part of this conversation for the next several weeks is how we do that together. And we recognize that one of the ways we do that is, is through uh, the money that we invest uh, the generosity of our people, and we choose to give because we believe the giving that we uh, offer uh, makes possible the values that we are together. And so we give generously uh, to invest in God's kingdom work. Uh, we lead the story. We share the stories of transformation because that's actually what matters. It matters that families are being transformed. It matters that Laura's oldest daughter, who just celebrated her quinceanera, uh, her 15th birthday, or this transition in life, that's a Mexican tradition in the faith, that she is now investing in young children. She is now passing on that same faith she received. She is now investing in others and sharing that faith. We celebrate that. I know that my children, as they journey through this church, they're already asking, when can I be part of AOSP? Or when can I be part of YES? Or when can I serve in VBS? Because they know that part of what they do is they pass on faith. I'm going to close with a quote from John Wesley. Uh, John Wesley is the, the Anglican priest who helped found this movement that we can now call Methodism. And he, closed, he talked about money in a sermon. It's a great sermon. It's called The Use of Money, about what it means to be a Christian and how we should use our resources. And he closes with this three-part quote. Simon, I think you have it. And the three-part quote is simply this. He said, when it comes to being a disciple, a part of our task when it comes to money is we are to gain all we can, we are to save all we can, and we are to give all we can. Wesley believed, and he knew, and we believe, and we know that it takes resources, financial resources, to make ministry happen. And so he was not afraid of money. And he said, I want you to gain all you can. And he qualified that. He said, within just means. He gave sort of some ways to do that. He said, be ethical about it. Be Christian about it. Love your neighbor when you do it. Uh, but gain all you can. Don't be afraid to gain resources so that we might save and we might give in a way that transforms lives. And Wesley actually stopped his own expenses. He capped them at some point in his life. 
where he decided that he would no longer live above a certain means and everything else he gained, he simply gave away because he believed so much in this mission that we share. And so I would just encourage us as God's people as we are growing as disciples that we would also grow in our generosity, that we might continue to invest in things that truly are changing lives, that are changing the lives of our kids, that are changing the lives of our youth, that are changing the lives of our other adults, that are changing lives across this world as we try to live out this faith where Christ dwells in us in a way that we reflect love uh, in all in all that we do. So let me pray for us this morning as we transition in worship. Almighty God, we do give you thanks. We thank you for this chance to see the way that your love, the way that your uh, gifts make possible what we get to be a part of. We pray this morning that you would continue to lead us and that we'd have the courage to follow as we live out this faith you've called us to live. Pray all this in Christ's name. Amen.